The episode you're about to hear was initially released as a Patreon exclusive. These episodes are typically shorter than the ones you're used to hearing, but we think they're still interesting, and we hope you'll agree. Welcome to Something's Not Right. This is Olivia. And I'm Tashauna. It's been a long time since we recorded. I think it's been like a month. It's true. We did some recording solo, but not together. Yeah. And um, God, yeah, it's been at least a month. And since then, we have entered the Twilight Zone. Yes. Yes. Things are real weird right now. Um, But Let's get our mind off of that. Yeah. And uh, deal with problems that don't involve us. My favorite kind. (laughs) Yeah. We're leaving Tennessee again tonight for this episode, but we're actually not going far out of the state. This story was suggested to us just last week, actually, by listener Mandy, and it's a wild one. Oh, is this the one we got the message about? Yeah. Yeah. So... Horseshoe Lake, Arkansas is a small town, and the permanent population is less than 300 people. It's about 18 miles as the crow flies southwest of Memphis, but it would be more like 35 by road. Okay. So still really close. And the lake that gives the town its name is more than 2,600 acres and was formed when a former meander in the Mississippi River was cut off from the main channel, leaving an oxbow lake. Its shores are lined with cypress trees and lily pads, making it a popular spot for anglers, which, I mean, that's no different from saying fishermen, right? Yeah, I feel like anglers, they're more like pros maybe right i don't know i'm maybe we don't know what we're talking about yeah we we don't (laughs) i haven't i haven't since i was a kid same it's peacefulness and relative proximity to memphis and it's tony's southern suburbs has made it a popular location for luxury houses and vacation homes so that's kind of why there aren't a lot of people there it's you know just vacation homes probably places people go for the weekend Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, Horseshoe Lake's most prominent family is the Snowdens, whose history in America stretches back to the 17th century, but whose history in the Mid-South starts with Colonel Robert Bogardus Snowden, it's quite a name, who served in the Confederate Army under both Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson, and who is perhaps best known by Civil War buffs for loaning his to Confederate President Jefferson Davis during his attempt to escape the Union Army. It didn't work, of course, as Davis was arrested, infamously wearing his wife's shawl. It's pretty good, though. After the war, the colonel moved to Memphis and was heavily involved in the building up of the city after the war. 
He had a 200-acre farm in what is now the center of town and formed the partnership that brought the city its first streetcar system. His son, known to everyone as Pot O.T. What? Yeah, that was his nickname. Doesn't roll off the tongue very well. No, I don't have an explanation for it either. Big tea drinker. So Potter T further built the family's fortune through real estate and banking and built Ashler Hall, a stately home still standing on Memphis's Central Avenue. There in 1896, Robert Bogardus Snowden Jr., the family has a habit of naming every male either Robert or John. He was born and raised there. He went off to Suwannee for college and met a refined woman from an old Knoxville family named Grace Mountcastle. The couple planned to marry, but in the meantime, World War I began and Robert became a pilot and Grace a nurse. They indeed married after the war and began looking for a home. Bob, as the young man was called, wanted to be a farmer as he had studied agriculture at Suwannee, so he took to the air to find good land. That's a good way to do it. And in 1919, he settled on more than 1,000 acres on Horseshoe Lake, and Snowden Plantation was born. Horseshoe Lake sounds like a place they put a casino. It does. There's not a casino there, is there? Sorry. Nah, not to my knowledge. Okay. I'm going to start one. I'm just, No, I'm not. You better not. <laughs> I forgot how staunchly anti-casino. I, I have strong feelings about it. About I casinos? Have, I have no feelings about it. They just they smell like ashtrays. Can you still smoke in casinos? Uh, I went to one like maybe two years ago in Tunica, Mississippi. So same oh. area. And you definitely could there. And it smelled gross. Ugh. Aquanet and cigarettes. Uh-huh. Good, good combination. <laughs> so Snowden Plantation hosted a variety of aviation events. Uh, Bob, of course, was an enthusiastic flyer for the rest of his life after doing that in the war. And Lord and Lady Halifax stopped by in the 1940s as they spirited across the country, raising money for the war effort. Lord Halifax, the semi-disgraced former Foreign Secretary of Britain, was, at the time, His Majesty's Ambassador to the United States. So there's some history you didn't come here for. The Snowdens were wealthy and prominent and philanthropic, donating to the arts in Memphis and schools in Arkansas. Bob even built and funded a school for his tenant farmers, naming it for one of his sharecroppers. Bob and Grace had three daughters and a son, and in 1949, they expanded what was essentially a large fishing cabin into a stately southern home patterned on an antebellum mansion Grace had seen in New Orleans. Eventually, the Snowdens and their few farming neighbors began selling or leasing property in houses on their land for use as getaways from Memphis and Little Rock. A small artist's community developed. Bob opened up Camp Carefree, which is spelled with K's. Don't know why. So he opened that up uh, as this group of lakefront cabins, like rental cabins. And he started the Horseshoe Plantation Corporation in the 1960s to operate the cabins, some lakefront leases, and industrial property. 
He died in 1982 at the age of 86, and then Grace died seven years later when she was 91. Along with their longtime housekeeper, they're buried on the property. The Snowdens' will divided the corporation among their daughters and their children. One daughter, Sally McKay, moved from Nevada to manage the house. And I want to stop here and say I know that people from there pronounce it Nevada. I can't. I just can't. So you're going to have to forgive me. So she moved from there to manage the house, dividing the cabins among her sisters and nieces and nephews. The big house was leased to another family who ran it as a restaurant, bed and breakfast, event space type of thing in 1994. So the Snowden house also served as a set for the film version of The Client, that uh, John Grisham book. Oh, I went through a period last year where I rewatched all the movies based on those books. Oh, all right then. And they're all pretty decent, actually. Awesome. The Client was always my favorite one. But on September 10th, 1996, Terror came to Horseshoe Lake. Sally McKay, by then 75, and her 52-year-old nephew, Lee Baker, a prominent guitarist in Memphis who played with big star Alex Chilton and various blues artists, were in one of the cabins on the property when somebody broke in. The would-be burglar, 16-year-old Travis Lewis, lived on the broader Snowden property and his family worked for the McKay-Snowden family. He was surprised to find anybody in the house, and he shot both McKay and Baker. He then fled the cabin and set it on fire. Good grief. Yeah, bad news. He was arrested after a brief investigation. This, I should say, happened in Crittenden County, Arkansas, which if that rings a bell, it's because that's where West Memphis is. So that's that's who we're dealing with. The DA there charged Lewis as an adult. The Snowden family, as Roman Catholics, however, opposed the death penalty and wanted desperately to avoid the trauma of a trial. Lewis pleaded guilty to two counts of second-degree murder. After Sally McKay's death, her sister, Edie Dewey, took over management, and in an effort to help her aunt, Sally's daughter, Martha McKay, moved to Memphis. Eventually, she left, going back to an historic house she owned in Nevada, and in the process of refurbishing it, found she had a knack and a passion for historic preservation. So in 2004, she returned to Horseshoe Lake, bought the home from her aunts and cousins, and began reviving it to its former glory. In the meantime, she also began visiting Lewis in prison. According to her family, the two formed something of a friendship while he was incarcerated. The Snowden House became one of the Memphis area's most beloved wedding venues under Sally's management, and the calm of Horseshoe Lake eased the dreadful memories. Lewis was paroled in 2018. But things went wrong again there. And let's see, what's the date today? Today is March 30th. So this was five days ago. On March 25th, 2020, the Crittenden County Sheriff's Department received an alert from the burglar alarm at Snowden House. The pair of responding deputies found the back door open and began to search the house when they saw a man jump from an upstairs window. 
Jesus. The deputies gave chase and the man jumped into a car, which then got stuck in the Delta mud, which was all gross and soggy because it had been raining for weeks. He then jumped from the car and ran to Horseshoe Lake. The deputies saw him go under the water, but he didn't come back up. What? Searching the house, the deputies found the body of Martha McKay. She had been bludgeoned with a hammer and stabbed several times and was dead when she was discovered. Aww. Martha McKay was in her mid-60s. The Arkansas Game and Fish and Crittenden County Search and Rescue were called, and Game and Fish used their sonar equipment, and Search and Rescue was able to locate and recover the body of the suspect. It was none other than now 39-year-old Travis Lewis, the same man who murdered Sally McKay and Lee Baker 24 years earlier. Good grief. Yeah, that's a, it's a weird story. And I mean, the mo- what is the motive? We don't know. I hope they're able to maybe unravel that when they investigate this. I mean, maybe there was some kind of... So did he just jump in and drown? Yeah, I mean, he maybe he couldn't swim or something. I, you know, or I, I don't That's know. A bad plan. Yeah, I'm, but what are you going to do when you're trying to get away from the cops? But I, I mean, I'm so, I'm so baffled. Like, what was the motive here? Was he trying to steal stuff from the place, or did he want to get revenge on the family because he spent so much time in jail? I mean, I maybe the. I mean, they spared his life the first time. Right. I Yeah, it's it's crazy. But who knows if they'll be able to find an answer to that. I mean, it just depends on, I guess, what they're going to turn up in this investigation. Maybe if they're lucky, there were security cameras with audio. But I, I tend to doubt it inside the building. Well, but wait. Sorry if I misheard this. Didn't you say that she talked to him while he was in prison? Yeah, they had. she befriended him. See, that's even stranger to me. Yeah. I I, I can't tell you. I don't have any answers. I mean, this was so recent. You know, if, if they've figured anything out, I guess it just hasn't come out in the media yet. It's wild, man. It is. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for this one. But before we go, I want to thank our patrons, as always. Justin from Mysterious Circumstances, Audrey Arm, Hope Brazel, Patton Fuquay, Allison Klima, Astrid Nyer, Kathy Lind, Janet Logan, and Terry Quillen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye.